would have been able to to gather up all her things yet. Uh, so she's probably going to she's going to talk to the two of them. Alright, so you're going to follow Grace outside? Yes. Alright, so Cecile, you see Grace and then uh, Boxer come out and it about that time, a uh, a uh, Lone Star cruiser pulls up. So as you guys are, as Boxer, as you and Grace are, are exiting the apartment, the uh, to the, of the safe house down to the street where the uh, van is, a uh, a Lone Star cruiser is pulling up next to the van. Mm-hmm. Can I make a perception test to see if they look like they're I don't know, checking something out. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Perception. Two. Yeah, they are looking at the van. They are looking at you. They are looking at the building. Their intent is not casual. Their perception is not casual. They are they are keyed in on you. Hmm. I see. Did they pull up right when like Grace stepped outside? Yep, they're pulling up right as Grace and Boxer are stepping outside. Ah, piss. Um. Mm. Oh, this is a tough one. Grace rushes to uh to cast a spell on herself to make herself look like a dog. All right. There's a little fizzle and pop and a couple of little sparkly bits go flying away and, and uh boxer you suddenly have a large German shepherd companion or some similar however Grace wants shepherd. to look a German shepherd of course clad in witchy attire because <laughs> uh I am certain that her practitioner's cloak and cap um very much um <laughs> It, it, it had a pretty big impact on her silhouette. You can't really leave that out. <laughs> Seal isn't going to in- immediately start the van and drive away, but she's pretty on edge. Does the when you cast that spell on yourself is uh, is there a resistance test that has to be made? I have to make a test to see if it uh, if it actually takes. And do do the people perceiving have to make a test, an opposed test, to see whether they can see through the illusion? They would make a, um, is it logic? I think it's a logic test to see if they resist it. Okay. It's willpower for mana, logic for, or no, 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 intuition, intuition. Intuition for physical illusions. So let me go ahead and, and run through it. Um, let's say no, uh, no modifiers. Um, what is the, sorry. You sure it's not willpower? 
willpower. It's willpower for mana illusions. That's what it should say, anyway. Okay. Uh, how high does a does a physical illusion have to be to work against cameras and the like? I think it has to be in. Uh, I don't know. I I know invisibility has to be improved invisibility. Well, yeah, but the the actual force of the spell to beat the object resistance of cameras. I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to cast it at a... Where are you casting again? Physical Mask. So I'm going to cast it at a Force of Five. And there we go. I That actually took... Okay. Um, so then that's, I have to resist two drain, no modifiers. I mean, not, not two, three, because it's not doing the math right. And I take one stun. How many, uh, hits did you get? I, uh, I got six. So the effective force is five. All right. So Boxer and Cecile. Why don't you result roll to resist? And I believe that's resisted with willpower. Well, that doesn't make any sense because it's a physical effect. Oh, then what should? Intuition, right? Intuition. It says though for illusion spells. For mana and physical illusions. Okay, yes. Intuition and intuition and counterspelling if you have it. <sighs> yeah, so both of you see a German Shepherd. Right? Mm-hmm. And oops. And I think neither of our patrolmen rolling up actually have any chance of seeing through this illusion. So hmm. also All cameras right. and other electronic sensors are four. So that also if they if they sweep a camera over her, it won't reveal what she is. Yeah, the uh, patrol car probably has cameras. They probably have body cams, but none of them are picking up on the illusion. So that was Grace's action. Um, what's Boxer doing? I just realized that I was muted. She is, uh, she's going to examine in detail the uh, the two officers to see if she knows them. She does. They are colleagues of Vicente. And a f- as your as you as your eyes meet, you sh- they recognize you and they smile. Don't worry, I know these two. She says aside to the um, to Nightingale and Cecile. Cecile's in the van. Oh, nervously 
playing with the ignition. <laughs> All right. Cecile, what are you up to? It looks you see the you see them smiling in a rather relaxed manner. You could probably do another well, you already did a perception test. They are not they do not seem to be actually roll intentions, judge intentions. Since we're at it. Mm-hmm. While she's doing that, can I can I sense them? Sure. Yeah, just like seeing them. Isn't she always a sensing? I know, but I'm asking if I can make an ascensing check. Uh-huh. Do it. No modifiers. Cool. Um, so they are mundane. Sort of uh, your run-of-the-mill human um, beat cops. I don't recognize either of them. You don't recognize either of them, no. Okay. What's their, like, emotional state? I assume they're just, like, they were doing their job, but then they got a little bit happier whenever they saw Boxer. Yeah, they're pretty calm, um, relaxed. There's no, you see no anger or fear. There may be a, a slightest, the slightest hint of nervousness or anxiety, but uh, generally they are pretty confident. Mm. Nightingale uh, stays by Boxer's side. Sorry, uh so, uh, Veronica should roll Judge Intentions now. Judge Intentions? Mm-hmm. Two. All right, so Judge Intentions, um, you see the guys, the patrolman in the uh, patrol car smile at uh, Boxer in a friendly manner, and uh, you get the sense that they are not here. Um unofficial business, but rather to, uh, as, uh, friends of, of boxers. Cecile goes ahead and starts at the van. Okay. They, uh, they stop the patrol car at the side of the van and, uh, get out and, uh, they, uh, they greet boxer. Hoy chummer. Here you've run into a spot of a trouble here. Uh, Indeed, the media is misrepresenting some important facts. Yeah, when aren't they? Uh, Anyways, we got your stuff here that Vicente told us to get, and he opens the trunk of the uh, the cruiser and, and hefts out a couple of duffel bags. Actually, no, he says, uh, we got your stuff here. Uh, it's heavy. You might want to grab it yourself. <laughs> yeah, I've got it. Uh, thank you for bringing this. I get the feeling I'm going to need it. Yeah, well, uh, we've uh, quashed the APB down at the, the station in Auburn uh, for now. So if you, uh, if I were you, I would just let some uh, time pass over this and uh, the media will stop looking. And uh, as far as we can tell, there's nobody officially looking for, for you specifically. Mm, that's fortunate. 
I'd hate to be imprisoned for someone who's alive. She's in the car. He looks over at Cecile. Yeah. You see my problem? He startles a little bit. He's like, oh, frag. Yeah, you are. uh, Yeah, you're in something deep, boxer. Uh, Indeed I am. Well, we're way out of our uh, jurisdiction here, so. Um, you take care of yourself, and we're gonna we're gonna head back to the station. So, mm, we'll do. Do we've done? Thank you. Stay safe, boxer. He gives Stay you the safe, uh, you too. nod and the sort of salute, and they get back in the car, and it pulls away. Based to have connections, and. She has one of the duffel bags. You distinctly hear metal clinking inside of it. Guns. We will need both. (sighs) Well, I'm as ready as I'll be. I can change in the back of the van. Coming with us? Yes. Your friend apparently knows some interesting people. And, well, if they can fix this beyond what I was intending to do, which was to disappear, I would greatly appreciate it. And you, you might be able to get something out of this as well. Gal out of the door. Oh, my internet, like, link for a second. Just get in before I drive away without either of you. So polite. Truly a college girl. <sighs> Let's go. Um, Nightingale's gonna get in the back, clamber up, open the door, clamber up, and then close it. Um, Boxer I think Boxer got in the back too, right? Mm-hmm. She'll hold it open for Boxer. She, uh... Gentle mare. Mm-hmm. How good is the automatic driving on these ants? Oh, it's definitely good enough to get you there. <laughs> it, is it good enough for Cecile to do something else yes. while driving? Absolutely. You can totally take a nap while you... How long do we have before the meet and how long to get there? <clears throat> about 45 to an hour, right? It's about 45 to an hour to get there. Probably with the dog brain, it's probably closer to the hour. And you probably have about two hours left. Okay. Which means that uh, Dean Dare's on her second or third cup of soy calf. Can I continue searching for stuff about uh, prop up skillful? Yep. Okay. Do I continue from where I left off, or do I make an entirely new roll? Um. Are you? With with the added information that she got from, you know, searching more for the twenty fifties kind of time frame. Okay. Uh, she wants to search for anything she can find about Prokop skillful, things that they've done, descriptions, that kind of thing. Like anything that she can use to get a better idea of who this is and what they're like, and potentially if she can find it, anything that would be like, how do I say? Um, 
like shocking to to mention upon first meeting someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna spend about. <laughs> I'm gonna split it half and half in searching and uh, searching and sifting through the data. So, thirty minutes of searching. Does that seem fair to you, Paul? Sure. Okay, so that's two hundred ten. I think I'm gonna find something. Hey, I found something. Okay. <laughs> are you, are uh, Grace and Boxer, what are you doing while uh, Cecile is out? Um, Cecile has sort of gone full VR or a, yeah, VR. While if she isn't VR, problem. she's not paying attention to either you. Yeah, so she, so you guys are basically on your own at the moment. Nightingale uh, clambers, and well, not even clambers. She like falls into her uh, quote unquote pillow throne, which is actually a uh, a bean bag. And, <laughs> and she uh, she looks physically worse for wear, even though nothing's happened. Her eyes just look a little bit more tired, and um, her ears are a lot more droopy than usual. I, uh, she's uh, she's thinking about what all she's going to have to do in the next little bit. She might tell, uh, um, Cecile to tell the 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 car not to go, or well, actually, she'd probably just tell the car straight up to um like change the course and park some distance away from the location instead of going directly to it. Okay. Just because that's a that's a good idea. And she's just going to sit there. Um if Boxer doesn't like start talking to her, she might end up just uh going astral and riding on top of the car and watching as they go. Um yeah. Mm, she probably wouldn't be talking to her. She'd be getting her equipment ready. Yeah. Uh, She'd probably appreciate know. the fact that nobody can watch. Yeah. What is Boxer doing then? Boxer is kitting out. Let me see my kit so I can out. Let's see here. She'd probably be slipping her vest on. She probably didn't have it on. Didn't think she'd need it. Hmm? Hello? Yep, so she's getting... She's basically putting on her armor and... Oh. Mm -hmm. And let's see what weapon she wants. Mm. She'd slip her taser... Uh, taser into concealed holster. And no, she just how restricted are tasers? Are are they even restricted? I remember them pretty being pretty loosely regulated. No, they're not restricted. Most people run around with guns, so 
Mm, so she'd have an open carry taser. She'd have uh what's the conceal modifier on this? Guess I didn't write that down, huh? Oh well. She'd have the Browning Ultra Power also. Do I have a concealed? Oh, I only have quick draw. Mm, she'd be she'd have that on a waist holster undershirt. And she'd keep the rest of the weapons stowed aside from uh, the HK submachine gun, which she keeps mm, out, but not on her person. Okay. Here, here, here. She also slips a smoke grenade into, mm, yeah, into a pocket. Good idea. All right, so Cecile, um, you spent a good time, a good bit of time searching through all sorts of archives and things going all the way back um, through stuff that existed pre-Crash 2.0. Um, and actually, since some of these events that you're looking for happened before Crash 2.0, um, you can definitely yeah. tell that some of this stuff is is just plain old lost. Um, but there was a very prominent incident um, at this time in Seattle um, that relates to the to the formation of the company known as Evo. Um, previously known as Mitsuhama. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there were some pretty bloody internecine struggles for control of the company. And people died, shadow runners were set up and uh, Prokop Skillful's name comes up in some of that history, not, you know, official history or anything like that, but um, some of the more shadowy archives that you encounter on the Matrix sort of put him there, and also his reputation um, through most of the late 50s and some of the early 60s was someone that one wouldn't have done business with because of some of those things that happened um, when uh, Mitsuhama basically became Evo. You say Mitsuhama, are you sure you don't mean Yamatetsu? Yamatetsu, sorry. I do mean Yamatetsu. Uh, okay, so they they did some work back then. Yep. Okay, okay. Is that about the majority of what I can get in 30 minutes? Um, you've also, well, that's the, that's the, the more, the deeper stuff that you really had to dig for. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing is that, uh, the fixer known as Prokop Skillful 
is associated with a jazz club in Auburn uh, proper. So um, it is a club with a reputation for being an insider's club that, um, you know, only real jazz aficionados are aware of and also very strict in its admittance policy. And if you can get in there, that is how you are able to get in touch with this, this pro cop character. Um, that's where he holds court. Interesting. Have I determined whether or not skillful is his real name? <laughs> no, there is. That's yeah. the only handle that he's known by. That's, I mean, there's no other, that's either his real name or that's literally been his handle so long that that's all anybody knows him by anymore. I see. Or it's uh, completely made up. It's either I, that I'm, or it's like Kaiser Soze. I, I'm just going to quickly roll a d6 and I'm not going to say why. <laughs> okay. Right. That's reassuring. All right, and Let's... now we have arrived, yeah? Yeah, so... Um, I'll also go ahead and just save all of that data to my comm link. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you guys are pulling up um, somewhere not directly at Fred's, if I remember what Grace was telling me. Um, so Andrew... the, the car would pull up on and park on one of the roads, like the, the actual, like, you know, roads, that's kind of busy. Um, once, once like, uh, they start getting towards their destination, Ninegale may go back in her body just to check. She's going to go and scout out the, um, Fred's before they actually, you know, proceed. She'd probably tell them to wait for her to tell them when they can go. Well, you can pretty much instantaneously fly over there, zip mm-hmm. over there. So as the car is pulling to a stop um, some ways ahead of Fred's and uh, you see the uh, the new stuffer shack that was built opposite of him, um, you, you fly ahead in the astral. Um, you see all of the usual earth type stuff that you're used to seeing in the city people moving around um with all of their emotions sort of flaring as they you know these mundanes don't really have any control over the how it appears in the astral but uh and as you get to fred's you see fred um behind the counter um a couple of customers in the store browsing or um buying things and Fred's daughter Itra in the back storeroom um, looks like she's maybe studying schoolwork or something like that. Hmm. Are there any awakened sorts like near Fred's perhaps even passing by or across the street immediately across the street? No. Hmm. The Indira about- not awakened, right? 
Uh, I'm incredibly mundane, if that's what you're asking. That is what I'm asking. So yeah, look, you look across the street at the uh, the stuffer shack of alternate universe infamy, and uh, it's busy um, with clientele who are probably not from the area. I mean, the people from the area have made it a point to uh, to be loyal to Fred's. Mm. Is there anyone? Yeah, uh, is there anyone like in the back rooms of uh, Fred's? Just, just Itra. Just Itra. Hmm. And we have not done the thing with them yet, or possibly ever. Pretty sure we're gonna apply this cannon and post haste. Post after after whatever retroactively. <laughs> yeah, yeah that that would actually make sense i think that would be having that relationship established would be nice we do want to know what happened to arturo <laughs> we can figure that out later that'd be a treat for later <laughs> all right okay. so yeah but she's gonna go back to the cool. car um and tell them that they can uh they can go but she's not going to be going with them physically I assume you're going to do some sort of magic stuff. Exactly. Will this be physically visible? Yes. So what you're going to have to do for me is that you're going to have to get the people we're going to be talking to somewhere more private. Uh, it doesn't matter about cameras. Cameras won't be able to pick it up. I'll only be there in a uh, for for the eyes of metahumans. If that makes sense. Mm. Oh, that's well. I imagine Cecile knows what Nightingale's talking about. Uh, repeat. <laughs> she said that uh, she's not going to be physically there. Cameras don't matter. She's only going to be there for the for the eyes of metahumans. Oh my god. Uh. Yeah, Cecile gets it. Cecile has also started walking towards the Freds. Yeah. All right. Imagine Box is following. Uh, yes, though she'd be doing her best to obscure her rather distinct features, even going so far as to stuff her tail in an undignified way down her pants leg. Check your microphone. Sorry. Did you get what I said? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so it, you're, you guys arrived a little bit early, um, and uh, it's starting to, or, or it is already dark, and so you're you're walking across the street under the street lights, and you get to the, the parking lot in front of Fred's convenience store. Are you going in? But it's... Is Cecile going yes. in? Just a moment. D and Dara, are you still over at the Stuffer Shack watching Fred's? I think as soon as, uh, like, ten minutes before she's going to walk into the Stuffer Shack, she's just going to walk, get up off her bike, lock her bike, walk across the street, and. You walk into Fred's. Okay. 
Oh god, I thought I turned off my mic. Oh, it's um remute yourself on the um, on roll twenty. Oh. That's what that was. Oh, that makes sense. Uh but I think Dendre Dindare walks in and like immediately starts talking to Fred. Like, hey Fred, I thought you had the worst direct in, in on the set of Auburn, but new guy's got something worse. He doesn't he doesn't seem to know whether to be offended or pleased. And he says, Well, uh Okay, that's uh I can make you a new pot. I don't know why you would even go over there. Oh, um, a friend of mine said something about meeting here, and I always like to watch the place before I go in, just to make sure. It's not that I don't trust you, that's just the personal policy. He looks suddenly a little nervously and glances around and says, uh, you're not going to make any trouble here, are you? Ah, uh, no, not this time. Not this time. That's not very reassuring. What, you expect me to know what I'm going to do next time? Well, I get your point. Okay. So at this point, I guess uh, Cecile and... Cecile does not walk in the front door. Cecile is going to cast Levitate on herself at Force One and also uh, Rain. There we go. She is going to do this. Um, she's going to go up on the roof and just hang out there. All right. Uh, Deandir, make a perception check. I'm sometimes good at that. No modifiers, right? No modifiers. Uh, Zero hits. Well, can't get any worse then. Yeah, you're in there talking to Fred and... Uh, Does Fred see it, though? No, Fred's got his back towards you. He's facing Deandir. So Deandir would have... If Deandir had seen it, she would have seen it over Fred's shoulder. And Boxer, Boxer are you entering the store? I guess Valerie's distracted. I'm back. Get the, Sorry, I get had the, to get off the mic. I've been having to do that a lot. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. As you were approaching Fred's, Cecile suddenly levitated up onto the roof of the store. Oh, Are you... Fucking you... inches. <sighs> uh... She looks to her side. Where is is Nightingale there? No. There's Nightingale a there's no there's no physical sign of Nightingale. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna assume you're there and say don't mean you. Just the annoying mages. Look, you get it. Uh, so anyway, can you even? What? I'm talking to myself, aren't I? 
mages. <laughs> and Cecile, while her time away going back through that data she saved? Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of time here. That's fine. Boxer, you're about to walk into the store, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, guess I'm doing the silt fashions way. Let's see. What have you got, Boxer? What fancy smancy stuff have you got to actually make this not dangerous? God, you guys are paranoid. I wanna I wanna summon a spirit. I wanna I wanna I wanna step away for a moment, away from Fred's, summon a spirit. Specifically, let's say a uh, a force one guidance spirit to uh to watch over my body and tell me if anyone uh anyone strange comes around. Okay. So uh let me let me review what exactly you have to do to summon a spirit, because I forget. Uh, while she's doing that, I'm going to tell my uh, stupid little joke. So, like, the second Boxer walks into Fred's, Deandre is telling this joke. Uh, she goes, so Fred, have you heard this one before? A dog, a spell worm, and a norm walk into a stuffer shack. Uh, no. That's a new one on me. I There's usually worm. the other way around with the dwarf. Eh, that one just doesn't hit right. So the spell, so the spellworm says, "I'll just take a a a nutribar." The um, the norm says, "I'll have a soy calf and a nutribar," and then the dog says, "I'll have a beer." Fred looks puzzled. <laughs> Come on, Fred. That one was funny. But but doesn't well, never mind. Okay, it works right. better. I didn't get it though. either. I didn't get it. I personally He was didn't. making a reference. It works much better in spirit though. Because the, the whole joke rhymes. Beer is the uh, only word that rhymes with dog. I see. He looks a little hesitant. <laughs> I want to make it clear that Cecile, for no apparent reason, starts cringing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at that she point, Boxer walks in, right? Yeah. She's walking in. She's eyeing everything nervously. Yeah, so the the Fred's is um, not nervously warily. Fred's is pretty chill. Looks the way it usually does when you're doing your shift here. Fred's behind the counter, and uh, you see an elven woman at the counter talking to him. Um, uh, make a memory check. Mm -hmm. Memory, memory. One. Yeah, you uh, 
you're pretty sure you've seen this woman before in in the stuffer shack. Maybe when you were working here a couple of days ago. And uh, at this point, Dean, there you see uh, Boxer come in, and I guess you make a memory check. Well, looks like we have about the same memory. Yeah, you um, sort of recognize the uh, the woman who just walked in. Um, you think you've seen her before, maybe even in here? And Grace, at this point, uh, how is your going with your spirit? Um, I'm thinking... Uh, Whenever it says versus the spirit's force, do you roll it as though it's an attribute? Or do you just Correct. take that? Okay, cool. So that means I have a, have a good chance of actually making it come. Yeah, there we go. Uh, she has summoned it, and it owes her one service. And she's going to tell it to uh, to go and watch over her van and her body. If any strange people come, it should immediately go to her in the uh, in Fred's. And this was and, a watcher uh, spirit. It's a, I think it's a guidance spirit. Hold on, mainly. Yeah, it's a guidance spirit. Um, and I'm I'm going to tell it to watch watch over my van and body. And if it sees any strange people with malintent moving towards the van, or especially trying to get into the van, it should come and warn me so that I can go back to my body and handle it. Okay. You, uh, you get the sense that it has understood and acquiesced to your request, and it departs for the van. I thank it, and then I, uh, I go back to Fred's to uh, watch what's going on. Inside of Fred's store, you see um, that you see Fred, you see Boxer, and you see another woman, an elven woman, um, talking to Fred, and you perceive Cecile on top of the uh, the stuff, or on top of Fred's store on the roof. Cecile is doing those like flying, swirling motions that people sometimes do when they're flying. <laughs> All right, so what's happening inside of Fred's between Dindira and Boxer? She completely ignores Dindira because she's just like some vague person while uh, and approaches Fred. Yeah, Fred. I know I'm not on shift today, just uh. Suppose I have someone to meet in here. Mm. Have you seen anyone by chance? I don't want to have missed them. Or really anything interesting while you're at it. Oh, hey, Boxer. Um, yeah. Uh, no, haven't seen or heard anything different. Um, he looks at Dean Deer. He said, uh, what's your name again? It's Kian. Kian? Kian. 
Keen here was telling me a joke that I didn't understand. Ah, uh, that's unfortunate. What's the joke? So, uh, a dog, a spellworm, and a norm walk into a, a stuffer shack. The spellworm asks for a nutribullet. Uh, Spellworm asks for a Nutribar. The the Norm asks for a Nutribar and a soy calf, and the dog asks for a beer. And? What do you mean, and? Well, what else? Where's the joke? That was the joke. Intriguing. It's much better in spirit, though. Alright, outside... Uh, Cecile and um, not so much Grace, but mostly Cecile. Um, you see a vehicle pull up, a Nissan Jackrabbit. Um, looks like a looks like a grid guide cab pulls up to the front of the store, and uh, Kirsten gets out. Cecile leans over and says, "Good evening, Kirsten. Still floating." Kirsten jumps a little bit and looks up at you and goes, Ah, what the frag, Cecile? What? Lay low, not float high. You didn't see me up here, so clearly I'm better at this than you. Yeah, I'm not a mage. Any other mage comes around, they're going to see you up there, no problem. Yeah, Come on, get your dumb butt down here. Are we meeting the person here? No, of course we're not meeting them here. Right, of course. This Let is me guess, we're going to a jazz bar? Yeah, well, maybe. This is just where we're, we're, we're meeting the, uh, we're, we're meeting our plus one. Our plus one? Yeah, the, there's some, there's a new addition to the group. Somebody that, uh, that we've been keeping our eye, that he's been keeping his eye on. Fine. So Cecile, like, floats down and, like, slinks through the door, but from the top. <laughs> and uh, so, Grace, you're you're observing all of this happening. Yeah. I'm probably going to go update the parameters for the spirit, if I can do that. I feel like I'm telling it, hey, uh, well, actually telling it to, to send me a message is something I can just do, right? Like, I, it doesn't have to know specifically where I am, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I hope that doesn't go out of a, a range of 100 meters. All right, so Cecile walks in, Kirsten walks in, and uh, Boxer and Deandir are standing at the counter talking to Fred. And Kirsten walks in and looks over at Deandir and says, uh, Are you Deandir? Oops, we lost somebody. Uh, it was me. Uh, I got disconnected for the last second. What happened? Uh, Cecile and Kirsten come into the uh, into Fred's and uh, Kirsten so Dindare sees um, two young women come in 
Um, one of them almost looks like she floated in. And uh, the other young woman looks over at you and uh, seems to recognize you. And she says, uh, are you Deandere? Is asking. My name's Kirsten. Um, Prokop sent me. Hmm. Well, is this it? Usually don't send three of us on a, a job. Unless you're the fourth. I, I like Deandere looks directly at Kirsten. Kirsten looks, no, I'm not the fourth. Uh, we're missing somebody still. My other associate. Preferred mm, to attend in unconventional means. Hello, Nightingale. So, Grace, can you, are you still outside? Uh, she's, she's observing them in the astral. She would not uh, manifest because they would be in a public space. And I'm pretty sure manifestation is just like a, anyone that would be able to sense you if you were like physically there, you can't choose particular parties to sense you. Or am I, am I right in that? Yeah, no, if you if you manifest physically, everybody can see you. Yeah, so it's it's not materialization. Manifestation is specifically a psychic effect where you're able to give sensory data and congruence with like you being there physically, but that's, uh, that's it. Yeah, so Kirsten looks around, she says, looks at Box, she says, where is she? Mm, she's here, uh, astrally, if you understand. Um, hmm, I'm not sure how that's going to work. She will attend properly when she feels safe. As you might understand, given present circumstances, she does not. Indeed, she feels rather disturbed. And I'm inclined to agree with her rationale okay. in that regard. Well, uh, Dean Deer, this is Boxer. And she looks at Cecile and she says, well, Cecile doesn't have a handle yet, so we're going to call her Cecile. Thank you. Dangerous game. Uh, I'm going to roll... An intuition Cecile is here for the ride. She's not a professional, but she is someone who must be taken care of. I'm just here to talk to somebody who might know some, something. Uh, I'm going to roll an intuition check for myself, just in case. Uh, okay. What, like, judge intentions, or? No. Yeah. Okay. Did that come up? I think I pressed the button. I guess it didn't. Uh, Never mind. I'm being stupid. Oh, there we go. One. For no reason? Mm. For no reason. Right. Mm, okay. Yeah, so I'm Kirsten. Um, some people call me K-Girl. 
and I'm really just here to facilitate a meeting between you guys. Um, Fixer, who I've not necessarily, I wouldn't say worked with, he's to some extent been a mentor of mine, um, has requested that I put you in touch with each other and introduce you to him or him to you. Um, He's looking for a new, fresh team for the Seattle scene, and uh, he wants you. He wants to meet you all physically. She looks at Boxer. She wants. He wants to meet you all physically at the uh, the club um, to discuss. Well, I've come this far. Let me move my bike. Fred, I'm going to yep. park my bike out front. Uh, it's hard to see most of the time, but if someone tries to mess with it, they'll get a big jolt. So just, like, keep an eye on it. Uh, he looks at Boxer. Yeah, okay. Friend of Boxer. Bikes. Bikes are so underrated, girl. I toured a long way on that bike. It's an old girl. As tempted as I am to go into literally every detail. Well, it seems we have a job to do. So, meeting place. Yes, meeting place is Kirsten, but how... We need to get uh, Grace on board for this. How are we going to do that? I wanted to ask. I'm not sure you can actually hear audio when you're in, when you're astrally projecting. Yeah, no, I can't hear them talking right now. I'm just watching them flap their jaws. Yep, you're just getting sort of <laughs> maybe a, she can read mouths. You can read silhouettes. Um. I they feel like that wouldn't really talking work. and passing some information. They would and, see uh, boxers swell with joy at the mention of motorcycles. Yep. There seems to be some connection between everybody. I'm waiting for them to go somewhere that isn't uh, as public. Okay. Um, Which is literally what I said. They seem to be waiting for something, too. At least Kirsten is. Cecile's gonna ask. Okay, so Kirsten, we're gonna go to what was the name of the jazz club that you said they frequent? I didn't. I haven't said anything about that yet. We're just going well, to the club. Well, right, but I did the research. I, I believe, I believe the name she of means the jazz club. we're going to the club as a group, so we should all pile into the car. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just asking. Like, Paul, did you mention the name of the club, or did you just say? Oh, hey, he goes to an elite club. Yeah, no, I didn't mention the name of it. Okay. Well, Cecile goes ahead and gets in the in the vehicle. They're, the vehicle's gone at this point. What? what? Her, the grid guy that Kirsten came in and is gone. Kirsten, did you not have a ride over here? I figured you guys had the ride. Oh, well, I can't you. fit four of us onto a bike. Cecile just floats back over to the van and gets in the driver's seat. 
We have alternative methods of transport, and while I would love to check out your ride, uh, it'd probably best be be best for me not to be able to see it on a bike and to not tantalize myself. Nightingale immediately returns to her body, and whenever Cecil climbs in, Nightingale's like half into the front seat, and she's uh, she immediately starts. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? That's so obvious. Everyone saw you doing that. What? You just floated over to the car. No one's here. In the middle of town? Yes, they are. It's what? Okay, wait. Did I misunderstand? She said she levitated to the car, right? Yeah. She did say that, yeah. You you understand that magic is kind of a big deal, right? You know that, right? I would hope you know that. What are they going to do? Record it because they haven't seen someone float before? Uh, it just... And you, you entered the vehicle that we're going to be going. It's not exactly subtle. So a mage who is floating enters a car and a, the hypothetical bystander would care about this because... I'm not just thinking about bystanders. Right. Because if somebody was following us, they would need to know that I can levitate? You are a wanted woman with a particular face who is a magician. I, I think the face would be enough. Nightingale just harumps and uh, slumps back into the back and goes back to her pillow throne. Cecile starts the car. <laughs> so are we all going to the van? And like, Dinder looks just directly at Boxer. I am going in the van. You can bring your motorcycle, but after the last incident, I don't suppose I can recommend that. Sit yourself. Kirsten, you need a ride? I wish I had that choice. <laughs> yeah, I'll ride with you. I imagine you didn't bring a helmet with you. Don't worry, I got an extra one. All right. Boxer looks after them longingly and trundles off to the car, the van. Um, Nightingale is going to peek back up before uh, Boxer gets in. She's going to be. She's going to ask her. Wait, what? What? What is that? What is it? What's exactly uh, happening? We're going to a club. We are going to meet up with uh, Pixa, uh, Miss. Or is it Mr. Johnson or Fixer this time? Fixer. We're going to meet up with a mysterious Fixer. <laughs> uh, the guy that said he could help us. Yes. Okay. So, Kirsten, what you see, Grace, is that uh, Kirsten didn't come back with them. Why isn't uh, Kirsten with us? I, I saw her. She's going with our new friend. I'm sure you saw her. She would have looked. She just wants to ride the motorcycle. Oh, stop! 
Eh, she didn't really look interesting. She looked kind of uh, dull, honestly. Um, what makes people look? Uh, you know what? It probably blow my mind. Well, I tend to find people that are really like people and animals who have really small worlds are dull. Like if they're just kind of and she motions at her head with a hoof. In the head. Oh, God. Mm. I must look pretty tiny then. Anyhow. Uh, we should be getting direction from Kirsten. She dropped you a... Kirsten has dropped you a pin of her location. and oh, uh, We're just following Kirsten. She's All gotten right. on the back of the motorcycle with uh, Deandere. And uh, that's probably where we're going to call it tonight. Mm -hmm. And then the next time we get together, we will meet, maybe, the mysterious Mr. Prokop. And possibly be get attacked on the way. And possibly. Don't give him ideas. Engage in combat. Who knows? More vehicle combat. Not more vehicular combat. I'm going to cut it short this time. I am going to blow them the hell up. <laughs> oh, honey! I have yes, to use honey. my gun for the first time. I, uh... It was a rather anticlimactic meeting between Deandir and the rest of the team. In my opinion. Okay, so that joke would have been a lot funnier if the three of you had walked in, like, at the exact moment. Uh... Deandir had started saying it. I mean, Cecile wasn't walking in at all. Yeah, it was just like, come on, that was a missed opportunity. As, uh, I still didn't get it. Uh, uh, a spellworm is uh, a derogatory term for mage. A norm a is a is human. Her and norm and... is Cecile. No, uh, the norm is Cecile. The dog is, is Boxer. Oh. Huh. Uh, be, uh, because uh, at that point, Nightingale was disguised as a dog, right? It also was mask. not there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Cecile is the spellworm. Huh. Revolutionary. Actually, wouldn't it be a rather old joke since she sang it? Well, if it's old. All of her things are old. God, she's ancient. Ancient old she's lady. Shatter on equivalent of a Nokia. Oh my god. <laughs> she, she has a Blackberry. <laughs> oh, even worse. It was cutting edge <laughs> once upon a time. Oh, Nightingale. I'm yeah. sorry. It's not that kind of Blackberry. It's Aww. the sad kind. Made of wires and metal and sadness. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Uh, oh, the palm. Before cell phones, even practically, there was the palm. Oh. What? The palm PDA, personal digital assistant. Oh, there were tons of PDAs. All right. I so... never. I never understood why they put internet access on them, to be honest. 
Um, anyway. Probably before Wi-Fi really was effective and efficient. Well, yeah, but, I mean, they put an so RJ45 on them. Yeah, so you could transfer files and stuff. I can see oh, that. that might make sense. You know, your spreadsheet, your... Calendar. Your calendar, your contact list. Anyway, any thoughts, Paul, about how that session went? I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, uh... It's unfortunate that the party was still a little bit split up. So, I mean, um, Kat, for you, it probably might have been a little bit boring since you didn't have all that much input into it. Oh, no. I, you know, you guys, uh, like, whoa. Oh, is that? Okay. You're kind of breaking up and you're still breaking up. Uh, I'm still breaking up. Yep. Okay, but uh, I. That's good. Suck to be stuck listening to something you don't find enjoyable. Yep. Yeah, I think you guys got some interesting information, or at least Cecile did. She hasn't shared it with the group yet. Cecile doesn't share. Why would Cecile share information she could sell to them? Oh. Wow, damn. She's quite the mercenary, isn't she? No, she's not gonna the sell it to mercenary. She's just going to keep it from them so, so she has more power in case anything happens. Right. The power of knowing that they like jazz. Okay. I, I want to come clean. When, when I was rolling that d6, I was trying to decide whether Cecile's first words to Prokop would be you like jazz? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> What did no. zero mean? It was four. So I was like, this doesn't tell me much. <laughs> Is four a yes or a no? It's a slight yes. Okay. You only get so many opportunities. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you really wanted to unsettle him, you could potentially ask about Yamatetsu. Oh, that was also my plan. But come on, if if I if I if I have that be what Cecile asks, it gets to be the episode title. Yeah. You like jazz? I will cry. I will cry if you ask that. <laughs> um, if you're standing in a jazz club. <laughs> that would be so much worse. Nah, also, the, uh, I hate the this little, crap. The little bit of deduction I did uh, earlier, that, that wasn't like too much, right? That wasn't out of character. I feel like uh, I feel like I may have broken character a little bit there about um, the media and stuff, but I, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe slightly. It really depends on how much you decide Nightingale knows about the She's corrupt. been here for a year, and also Equestria isn't that's true. Incredibly different. There's conflict. Smart cookie. I yeah, I didn't think it was. Uh, I didn't feel like it was too meta. I thought it was appropriate. 
Okay. I thought it was smart. Seems like the kind of thing that Nightingale would do. Surprise and freak out about. She's going to be somewhat paranoid because she is, as far as she knows, unique there. And, you know, metahumanity is not trustworthy. Yeah. She, uh, depending on how things shake out, she realizes that there's like a, a huge. If there ends up being like a, a plot against her and she learns about that, she might decide that she needs to go back home. Yeah. Um, which I suppose we'd have to figure out where exactly, how exactly one moves between Equestria and the Sixth World. I imagine it will be an undertaking, though. It Something depends on whether or not there's a gate. A perpendicularity. Mm. Sorry, I just like that word. What is what is a gate, and what would determine if the plane has a gate to the sixth world, or would it just not? I don't know. There's a gate to the elven world, and I was under the impression that you were kind of basing your character off of the elves and how they work in the Shadowrun lore. Well, the Elves, elves, not the elves. You understand. She's talking about the Fae. Yeah. Yeah. The fair folk. Yeah, so there um, are gates. And so they come through something similar. There's a gate. So so the question is where is the gate? Um I was actually thinking it might be somewhere in the Arctic. Like the uh, the Canadian Arctic. Okay. Maybe even on an island to make it especially hard. Maybe they've been confused for reindeer. <laughs> that's a weird looking caribou. Yeah, maybe that's what they hey. used as cover when they came in. I think that herd of really small caribou. <laughs> they oh no they have pronouns now oh no they gender <laughs> they slash them oh no Oh, that's great. Uh, okay. So those were my thoughts. Did you guys have anything else? Um, hmm. Too much role play? Not enough. I love role play. We all not enough it. moving forward of the story? Role play is great. That, I think that was great. I liked it. I'm a little disappointed in my own performance, but I'll have to sit on it. I was uh, I was definitely hoping things would progress a little bit faster, but um, as most of it was just me, you know, sitting on my laurels and waiting. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, as we get, you know, after you meet, um, after you meet a fixer, you get a job. 
the roles for the various team members will become a little bit clearer. I'm also thinking Nightingale should probably find out some way to be able to take on the metahuman form. That would probably uh, really help. Metahumanization. I would okay. like... We can talk about it, Liz. We can I, talk there's about a spell. It. There's very magic spell. for this. Is it there's a, a spell? Is it critter form? Yes. <laughs> Now, now I'm just going to have to sit in my magic laboratory and spend a few weeks trying to hack it together so that it will allow me to be a human. Boxer will yeah, work on a fortified fascination. Where, where are you going to get your spells? Are you going to have to develop them all with Arcana? Um, I imagine Hermetics... Uh, the the hermetic take on magic is uniquely intuitive to Nightingale because it's 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 about systems, you know. I mean, it'd be um, similar, but there's the there's hermetic... of course huge differences. We're talking about like yeah, that's true. She could always magical. convert a hermetic spell into a into mm-hmm. her version. Yeah, I'm imagining she could uh. I'm pretty sure rules is written. You can convert any spell from one tradition to another. Yeah. Yeah. So it would just be that she has to translate every spell unless somehow Equestrian Arcana ends up in uh, the Sixth World. I guess we could shorthand it like that. I don't know. I think it's more fun if if she has to be like. I mean, think about the possibilities. What if you find another of your kind that's selling spell books? <laughs> I, I would uh, has, coin, has the wares if you have the coin. <laughs> A question has wares if you have the coin. I don't know about you guys, but Deandre probably remembers this old trid. From like the the twenties, uh, that's just like this. G twenty six. Oh no! She she remembers the ninth generation. <laughs> it's long dead and gone because evil fucking ate Hasbro's corpse. But uh, actually, but she actually, remembers. she she would probably remember the current gen. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh no! Wait. Are you sure she wouldn't remember? When was the crash? Um, no, no, because Deidre is old, old. I'm... Deidre is... Deidre is 62. She was born in 2011. Old lady. Old lady. She's old enough to be your grandmother. Literally. Maybe she is. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> she's not old enough to be Nightingale's grandma because uh, Nightingale. Lore. Nightingale is forty. Wow, we got some yo- we got some whippersnappers here. <laughs> <laughs> Her canonical age is forty, but she uh, she thinks of herself as being a young person, and she doesn't really. She probably isn't even quite aware that that is actually how old she is, because years are different. Uh, well, Deandre's been 30 for the last 32 years, so... Uh, Check that. Back off.
Boxer is 27. She feels 27. The Topps Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Topps Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. The music for the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast was written and performed by Trace Mineral. The Hard Knock Sorority Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons License 4.0, meaning you are welcome to use the material as long as you give us credit.